Hello and welcome to the podcast of the River of Portland Church. It's going to be a great day in the Lord. We actually have a great sermon brought to us by a great man of God. Uh, his name is Pastor Jerry Willoughby. Hey, Jerry teaches our Sunday school. I want to invite you to come out and join us uh, Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock in our fellowship hall. Uh, it's kind of a laid-back venue. You've got coffee over there, but uh, open forum discussion Jerry will have as well. But, but Jerry is very knowledgeable of the Word here. He's pastored several churches in Tennessee and has even been on national television before. But Jerry's a, he's just a great man to have here, a blessed to our church, a blessed to our people. And he brings a message called Kept by God's Power. And uh, really motivating, man. But anytime you open up the Word of God, there's something that's in there for us. And if you get a hold of it and apply it into your life, it's just miraculous what will happen. But anyway, sit back, enjoy, listen to the sermon. I know you'll be blessed by it as always. We'd love to have you join us uh, Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock for our Sunday school with Brother Jerry, and also at 11 o'clock for our main service uh, here at the River of Portland. Anyway, glad you joined us. Be blessed. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless. Glory to God. Majesty is one of the most, it's a very simple song, one of the most anointed songs in the church world for many, many, many years. I got some help today is going to help me. Brother Jerry is going to do the message for me today. All right. You are doing it, aren't you? Okay. All right. He's going to help me out. I want you to give him a good God bless you. You know, we're, we're fortunate. Come on up here, Jerry. We go back many, many, many years, but we're fortunate to have someone in our church that's been a pastor all over Tennessee. I mean, he's been kicked out of a lot of churches. But always be invited to come back. <laughs> I just joking, buddy. We go back all the way to Millersville. Long way. But uh, he's an excellent teacher and a man of God. So let's have a good service today, buddy. Thank you, Pastor. First of all, I want to thank everyone that prayed for us and everyone that sent me messages and was concerned about me that when I was a little under the weather and... Uh, your encouragement really helped. We started, first of all, if it's okay, Pastor, I, I'd like to take a, just a minute and invite you to Sunday school. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is doing a work over there. We're, we're bringing forth some good teaching, and I'm not saying it's because of me. It's because I've yielded to the anointing of God. So I want to encourage you. We start at 10 o'clock, and we usually try to start winding down about 10.30. But like my boy said, Dad, it takes you several hours to wind down. And I'm not going to apologize for that, okay? But I want to invite you to come to Sunday school and be a part. We need you. And to challenge you this year, as we've started a series over there, We've started a series on teaching about the power of God's Word. Now, let me give you a foundation to start with this. First of all, I don't care who you are, your confession will bring forth a possession, whether it's negative or positive. Believe me, and, and first of all, let me get you involved. I want everybody to be involved. How many believe that Jesus is a liar? Yeah. I look at you. 
You, and you're one of my students. Shame, shame. <laughs> How many believe that Jesus is a liar? Wow, change your mind in a hurry. Good thing I ain't running for politics. You might not vote for me. But what I'm trying to say is get a point across to you. The Word of God says we reap what we sow, does it not? Many of us, the beginning of this year, 2020, I've heard so many people in the church and worldwide say this universally, 2020 is clear vision. The Bible says that we must have a vision. Look, you must have a vision. Our pastor's got a vision. And as many times, and I'm not lifting him up, but I'm giving him a word of testimony. How many times have those that's been in our teaching in Sunday school, have I encouraged you, don't you sit on the pew when the anointing of God that has given this man the gift of miracles, the gift of healings, the gift of prophecy, don't you sit back there and not get up and come up here and get what God has in store for you. Come on, church. We need to get alive today. We need to break status quo. We need to become the body of Christ that is moving with an almighty anointing that will destroy the yokes of bondage. Now, I can't go like that long because I'm a young boy. I told the students, I said, look, I don't call myself an old man because old men revert back to being young boys. Maybe in mind only. We want to use today for a subject found in 1 Peter 1, starting at the third verse. And I want to title this, Kept by God's Power. Remember Sunday school, we're teaching a series on, on the Word of God. But today, let me tell you, you do not have to fear whether God is capable of keeping you or not. I've heard people say, Pastor Mike, well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Why would you entertain that thought? You've already made it. Look, we've already made it. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, You are Abba Father. You are the one that I can come and cry out Abba Father to, and you will meet my every need. God, I need your strength this morning. I need your anointing. I need a word that you have given me to become spirit and life in the lives of each and every one of us. I bind the forces of hell that would come to hinder anyone in this service. I take authority over it. God, the very blood that was shed on Calvary that flowed from your body, I ask you to let that blood right now flow over us and cover us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. First Peter 1 verse 3. Peter writing and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to His abundant mercy, which according to His overflowing more than enough mercy, has begotten us again unto a lively hope. Look at me. Look at me. You've got a lively hope. You can have hope in Brother Jerry, but Brother Jerry's going to fail you. 
You can have hope, and God help me when I say this. You can have hope in your employer, but they're going to fail you. You can have hope in that bank account. And by the way, can I say, ask you this? So why are we Christians storing up stuff when we believe that the rapture is going to take place at any time and that money just going to stay here? Oh, okay, that's not the message, but just the thought to provoke you. And everybody said, Amen. see, we are calling to a lively hope. Somebody help me. Where did I leave off at? Brother Dennis? Well, I better not ask you. <laughs> to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ the Lord from the dead. To an inheritance. Look at somebody and say, I got an inheritance. Let me tell you what, possession, confession is possession. You might as well start confessing it. Because you ain't going to receive it, honey, until you start believing it. Look, this is not for the religious church-going people. This is for the blood-bought of the redeemed. And we say so. We're not ashamed of our gospel, for it is unto us the very power of God that destroys the yokes of bondage. And like I'm trying to teach our class. Day after day. Don't run around here confessing all I am is an old sinner saved by grace. Read the epistles. You are a born again, blood bought child of the most high God. Daddy, daddy God and our elder brother Jesus is always looking out for you and I. Has anybody told you that when you become a born again Christian, you do not have the same nature? And that nature is not a sinful nature. It's a new man, and all things become new. He says, so, to an inheritance incorruptible, which cannot decay, and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in the heavens for you. Look at me. Oh, if you could only imagine what God has got in store for all of us. If we could only imagine what God has in store for us. You know, I remember the story about a group of people. The disciples, they went out and they got all excited because they laid hands on the sick. And I'm not de- denouncing this or belittling it. And they got all excited and they come back and they said, But Lord, we cast out devils in your name. He said, Don't let that be your only joy. Rejoice. Why? Because my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Again, I'm repeating myself, but it stands to be heard, needs to be heard. As I shared with this Sunday school class, how many people says, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why He didn't do this and didn't do that for real? No, you're not. Quit telling yourself that. When you get to heaven, you're going to have a glorified body after the rapture. Your body's going to be glorified. You're going to have the full knowledge, the mind of Christ 100%. You're going to have every need met. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. You're going to be full of joy. My little six-month-old grandbaby that died is going to meet me at the pearly gates and say, Come on in, pal, pal. Let me show you where I've been all of them years, and you're going to question God. I don't think so. We need to renew our mind. We need to get the Word of God. 
We need to know that God is keeping us not according to my good works, but His power. The religious spirit says, I need, I need, I need. No, honey, all you need is a Savior. All you need is a confession. All you need is a renewed mind. Because God keeps us. Pastor, how many times, and we don't want to bring up anything negative, but how many times has the thought or the enemy come in your life? And said it's no use. Many times, right? But you know what? The Word of God kept him. The Word of God kept him when you wasn't here. The Word of God kept him when he was on the evangelistic field. The missionary field. The Word of God keeps us. He says, we are kept by the power of God. But Brother Willoughby, I I, I got to do this. No, you're kept by the power of God. Yes, the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and it convicts us, but when all is said and done, the only reason Jerry Willoughby is not a drunk and a drug addict the way he was for years is because God kept me from that desire and took it away from me and gave me a brand new heart and renewed my mind and gave me something that that only God could do. Let me share something with you. There was a time I just didn't like people. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm talking about even after I become a pastor. <laughs> but I had to cast that talk down in a hurry. But now, I just told a person a couple of weeks ago about me preaching and invited them. And you say, and they live in White House. But you know what? You know what? They're still, I'm still believing God they're going to show up one day. But, but there was a time I didn't like people. The last church I pastored after eight and a half years, I said, enough's enough. God didn't say enough's enough. I said enough is enough. And guess what? God put me in a, in a, in a school around 30 women teachers. Now you men started smiling. Hey, we're hiring. <laughs> Don't pay much, but it has a lot of good benefits around a bunch of little 350 kids. And we won't talk about that, will we, Sister Linda? But we are kept by the power of God through what? Through what? What does the Word say? Through faith. 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 It's impossible to please God. Without faith, what keeps me going is when the weapon comes against me, I can stand on Isaiah 54 and say, No weapon formed against Jerry or Dolores Willoughby shall prosper, but every word that's spoken against us, one day we will be able to judge it by the Word of God, and the Word of God will keep us. And when everybody says, You ain't going no farther, God says, Watch me cause all your doubters, watch me call all, cause all the powders to turn from what they're saying, and watch me bring you victory. Come on, you don't have no excuse today, honey. How many blood-bought, redeemed people's in the house? Raise your hand. Well, then, come on. You're not walking into peace. You, you are walking in victory. Wherefore, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a season. Brother Willoughby, you don't know what I'm going through. Really? 
Really? And if you come to me besides the word, I probably couldn't give you a word to encourage you. Probably couldn't show you the way out of darkness unless I give you the word. But how many people, as I shared with the Sunday school class, do you go to? And you try to encourage them. And, Pastor, I know you can relate to it. Pastor Mike, if you become a pastor one day, you're going to say, yeah, that young man that preached it, he's telling the truth. How many people have said, I've already tried it? How many has ever believed God for something and you tried it and it didn't work the first time? Come on, get on it. Well, keep on keeping on, honey. Because there's a time and a purpose. There's a purpose why it didn't work for you. God's going to work it out for your good. How many times do I think, God, how can I deal with this? And, and again, again, at school by myself before 350-something kids and 30, I think it's 29 or 30 teachers come in there, and I think, God, how am I going to deal with this? And he says, Jerry, all things are working for your good and according to the purpose of God. And we know that all things work for the good of those who are called of God. Look, look, but you don't understand what I'm going through in my home. I don't need to understand. He knows all about it. And guess what? You might as well go on and accept it by faith today that He's working everything out for your good. Maybe it's not your spouse that needs it now. Maybe it is you. Not Jerry, he's a preacher. Ask Sister Dolores, and as I shared with the Sunday school class again, if you want to know something about me, come to me. Don't go to her. For some reason, she knows more about me than I know about myself. Was that an angel said amen? Oh, yeah, excuse me. Oh, no, I ain't going to desecrate that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wherein ye greatly rejoice now for a season, if need be, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Why? That the trial of your faith. Look at me. How many has ever been to court for any reason? And you go on trial. Guess what? Your faith is on trial right now. The day you stand up and say, I'm believing God for this, you go on trial. And there's an enemy that is accusing the brethren all the time. And it's called your adversary, the devil, the deceiver, the liar of men. He's accusing you. He's bringing up your past. You go down the road and you accidentally pull out in front of somebody and somebody uses that hillbilly Hand language to you, you know what I'm talking about, and then you get all upset and you decide to speak in their language. The devil's accusing you. But what if I do speak in that hillbilly language? Can I be honest? God still is keeping you. I never forget our general superintendent of the Assemblies of God made a Gave a testimony down in Halls, Tennessee. I went to a revival down there. He preached at Millardville Assembly where Pastor Baggett was that Sunday morning and went there that Sunday night. And 
and I followed him to West Tennessee. And he told a story about an old drunk. See, we, we, we had not tapped into the sources of God's grace and mercy yet to the totality of it because we want to limit everything ourselves. Well, Brother Joe D. Kelly told a story about a, a young man that was just a, he, he, he was the oldest Campbell of the community, if you know what I mean. He was a drunk. He was a drug addict. He was no good. He literally was no good. No fruits in his life that portrayed anything good in, on the spiritual side or really the human side. And Brother Joe D. Kelly went out and introduced him to Jesus. And he come to church a couple of weeks and was faithful on fire for God. I mean, he had found a new love, and it was Jesus. A couple of weeks later, he noticed he wasn't coming. He goes out to visit him, and he said, called him by name, and he said, What's wrong with you? He said, I, I, I backslid. He said, How did you backslide that fast? He said, the other day I was on my tractor out here, just me and God. Let me show you how the devil works. He said, just me and God, and I was praising, worshiping God, and thanking Him for my new life and forgiving me and going to the cross and, and everything that he had knowledge of God. And he said, I had a tire to blow out on my tractor, and he said, I started cussing God, taking God's name in vain. Can I be honest with you? Most of the church people and most of the church today will wipe us off if that ever happens. But I'm here to encourage you, honey. Get up. Get up. If you think you're the only one that's ever failed in that area, let me tell you the difference is the rest of us are not truthful to you. We are kept by the power of God. My profanity of slipping every once in a while doesn't get my name written out, uh, erased from the Lamb's book of life. Do I make it a habit? No, I don't. Have I since I've been saved since November the 1st, 1984? Yes, I have. So what did you do? I confessed it to Christ. He forgave me and He cleanses me from all of my unrighteousness. Guess what? The blood still runs red. We're kept by God's power. I'm not kept because of what I do. And, and I'm not saying don't attend church when I say this, because the Bible says forsake not the assembly, most especially in the last days. So that means you and I. If we believe we're in the last days, we need to be in here. We need to be under the anointing. We need to be under the preaching of the Word. There's an anointing upon the fivefold ministry that you don't have. Wow. Did I really say that? Yes, I did. That's why how many times in my Sunday school class have I emphasized this? When pastors under the anointed, get up there. Have I not, Sister Karen? Have I not, Brother Ronnie? Yes. Don't you sit back and say it won't work for me. Today is your day for salvation. Today is your day. The Greek word salvation does not only mean being born again. It means to be delivered. And whether you know it or not, honey, there's a many a times we need to be delivered again. And I'm going to repeat what Pastor said. And if I'm exaggerating, students, besides Brother Dennis, <laughs> no, you can too, brother. 
Did I not talk about praying in the church, getting together collectively and start? Did I not? Did I not talk about that today? And then a pastor gets right up here and starts bringing that out. I told our class, the church, Sister Dolores, the other day we were talking about some things. And I said, Dolores, there was a time that when I was younger, that the church got together and listened. We prayed until something was lifted, the burden, the yokes of heaviness was lifted, and we went down with a broken heart and tears in our eyes, but we stayed there till we prayed through and God met us, and we rose up and we said, victory is mine. We didn't only sing it, we confessed it, we possessed it, and we received it. It says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perished, though it be tried with fire. Look at me. Your faith is going to be tried. But let me tell you, this part of being tried is to purify us, to get us ready. And again, I'm repeating this. Those that was in the classes getting a double barrel of it. I've, I've been wanting to grab that so bad, but I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. Sweat will, well, I better, I better, it might anoint them come August. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We got a winning season now, my brother. I mean, my God, if a pair, hey, if, listen, if, listen, if, look, a pair of socks got him saved, and look what he done. What is that going to do? But seriously, I started to wear all my orange, even my orange socks, my orange tie, my, my orange suspenders. But I thought, Pastor can't take it. He's been sick for a while. Now, have you already used this? Okay. I mean, not that I don't trust you, but look at him, wife. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> Forgive him, for he knows not what he's doing. I mean, you know, he's our pastor, but he pulls for Vandy, so let's get away from it. Okay, let me rush through here. Whom having not seen... Wait a minute, let me start there. He messed me up. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, though it be tried with fire. Look, fire is going to purify you and I. When we're going through a season and it doesn't happen just... Instantly and miraculously. And, and understand this too. My experience of being a pastor in all over Tennessee and as Pastor says like Pastor Baggett, they, they both got the same personality in this. Like he said, I pastored eight churches. I never have pastored no eight churches. I don't know. Sister Becky must be informing him that, that I haven't. Only three. But, but what I'm saying is this. I have found out that many times people will get mad at God because they don't get a miracle when there's a thing called a gift of healing. And we need to learn these things. The fire. Whom having not seen ye loved, speaking of Christ, and whom though now ye see him not yet believing. You don't see him with a natural eye, but we still believe. Now we see him in the spiritual realm. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. What are we to do? 
It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the think about it. In everything, we're to rejoice. Everything, everything's not good, but everything's working for the good. Being sick is not a good thing, but while I'm on my bed of affliction, I can still rejoice. The Word tells me to, to not lose faith and lose, lose, fall pain of heart, of spirit. We're kept by His power. I'm not even going to be able to get into my notes. I brought a few, Brother Mike. I might auction them off if I pass away pretty soon, brother. That took me through three churches. <laughs> okay, let me hurry up. Now, y'all say, oh, he's getting comical. I am because I've been sick and I'm, I'm ready for some joy. And if you don't want it, just get up and no, don't do that. <laughs> Having not seen you love in whom? Okay, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Let me, let me tell you what. I'm going to give you one scripture, and then we may dismiss. Notice I said may. I don't want to be found a liar. What does the Word, God's Word tells us that He's going to keep us. And the word kept means to keep a watch over. Let me tell you what. God is everywhere. God knows you in the wee hours of the night. God knows you when you're driving down the road. You can't hide from God. God knows what Jerry's going to face ten years from now. And you say, well, you won't be living. Well, hey, that's better. I've never understood why people, in a way, when, you know, I ask people at work, and you'd be surprised to the Christians that are How I'll say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I woke up today. My God, wouldn't it be better to wake up in heaven? Jesus, huh? Amen, brother. Not me. I want the next flight. <laughs> not me. I'm not ready to go. I want to hang around. Spend. You know what Jesus said? He said, Jerry, Willoughby, if you don't love me more than you love your own two kids, he said, you ain't going to have no part. How many believe Jesus is a liar? He said that. Think about it. Jesus will keep us. Being kept means a guard over us, a garrison, or a group of protectors. Listen to me. God is watching over us. When I first, I was raised up in an assembly of God church. And to be honest with you, when we first started going there, I think it was 13 people. And when I almost graduated junior high school, we started when I was in elementary early age, and when I and it's comical. And when I finished junior high school, I think it was thirteen people. <laughs> the only excitement we ever seen was when an evangelist came in from East Tennessee, and he preached with some emotions, but the people never got excited. And I thought, my God, if this is what heaven's going to be like, I don't know if I want to go or not. 
I thought it was full of joy unspeakable and full of God's glory and all excitement and everything. And then, and then later on, when I come to Christ and we started going to Millersville Assembly of God, the first night I went there, I went up to Pastor Baggett, him not knowing me or me knowing him, except when I seen him on TV and not knowing much at all about him. But I said, my God, this is like being in heaven. Let me tell you what, church. Let me tell you, you are an encouragement to somebody. Don't you sit there and let me walk out of here discouraged. And you say, well, brother, I'm telling you, you may have what I need today. And I may have what you need. As me and the brother was talking before service, and he come up to me and he said, Brother Jerry, he said, look, when you're in need, look at God. said, the Lord told him this. Can I share it? He said, the Lord told him, said, look, when you're in need, everybody in here is your family. I said, that's the way it's supposed to be. I said, because one thing, this old boy, notice old boy, no, I'm not confessing an old man. I'm reverting back to my childhood, chasing Dolores around the yard. <laughs> She said, I wished. <laughs> Back, woman, calm down now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor said, uh-oh, he's get, getting a little wild. Listen to me. One thing I've learned, if I've got a hammer in my right hand and I accidentally hit my left finger holding the nail, the first thing I do is what? And they don't start saying, did somebody say praise the Lord? No, I don't. I still got to grow in that area. First thing I do is take this part of the body and grab that part. When I have a headache, when my feet hurts, and just coming to church this morning, the Lord started speaking to my heart. And He said, I want you to make a message. And he's going to guide me on the touch and how important, as I told a brother, I said, you know what, if us husbands and wife, and the Lord I'm saying if, conditional, if we start holding hands, just holding hands, there's something fleshly that comes through the body and gets in their system and it's therapeutic. It'll lead you to honeymoon headquarters. Am I going too far, brother? <laughs> oh, he'll never preach again. That's all right. Somebody, somebody's always calling and wanting me to get up. I don't get called back. But <laughs> okay, let me, let me just say, let me finish with this. You see, we got a group of protectors. And to be kept by God's power, we must have faith in God. If you want to be kept by God, you must have faith in God to say this, and I'm really closing with this. Ask and it shall be given you. Wow. Look, you're in pre-K. When you're in pre-K, well, most of us, most people, not everybody, I should make that an absolute. 
every word that the teacher says, they grab a hold of it. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't clear your mind now. Don't add to it or take away. If you want to be kept by God, you ask and you shall receive. You knock and it shall be opened. Seek and it shall be found. And some of us that ask, no, it doesn't say some of us. Jesus said it. And everybody that asks, you know what? We all can be a partaker of God's Word and let that Word keep us. And everywhere you go, people can say, the river, one thing I've noticed about them, every one of them walks in victory. Who does victory belong to? Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. And I told Satan to get thee behind me. Victory today is mine. Oh, joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy today is mine.